Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to oh, he's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. It's been a long, long time, bud. Feels, feels absolutely phenomenal to be able to hear my own voice through the monitor headset once again. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Inner Mommy Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, as always, Mr. Alex Papa George. And it's been a few weeks. You know, we had some coordination issues. We wanted to bring the whole gang together as we get uh, the ball's rolling again. We have Mr. Than Harrington with us as well. Than, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? It's like getting that invite to the family reunion. I'm actually excited about this one. I'm not sure who brought dessert, but I brought the booze, so let's get this party started. I don't even know if I can do any more booze at this point. I was going to say, this is Jay's first podcast. Being a 32-year-old, hats off Jay Kington. Happy birthday, Bear. Thanks, bud. I don't think that there's any booze left in Roxanne's or the Hard Rock Casino, bud. I don't think there's any booze left in my house either. <laughs> we uh, had one hell of a night on the town to celebrate Jay's 32nd. We ran back some pool. That was pretty fun. Took it to some, uh, to a couple, can I say, chumps? A few teams. A few teams thought, thought, thought they had what it takes and um, somehow our extremely rusty selves that haven't played pool together in probably a year and we are in obviously no shape or form to try and focus or hit anything in a, in a straight line somehow kept winning it was it was absolutely amazing uh been been an interesting few weeks actually uh, there's been nothing positive to report in that time but alex has been traveling quite a bit i got sick not covid but i was still sick for a week and then Thay and i were having issues coordinating so do apologize for the slight break but we are back and feeling better than ever we actually get to talk about some positive stuff today and i cannot tell you how big the the grin on my face is i'm trying to keep my cheeks relaxed so i don't sound funny but man it feels good to, to be able to have some positive moments to discuss well i'm looking forward to, to hearing about those positive moments there jay but uh but dan i gotta ask you man it's hot as hell down here in south florida you take a step outside and you're sweating bullets how is the weather up treating you in the northeast so we've actually had uh florida style weather so i feel like i'm down there with you uh, 80 real temperature, real feel about 107. So, you know, it's been, uh, absolutely wonderful to get a feel of what it's going to be like to when I possibly move down with you guys. So, uh, yeah, you never know, man. Maybe I'll be down there sooner rather than later. If the seat uh, kicks up, keeps going. 
Well, that's a little bit of a cliffhanger there. What's the, uh, any updates on the travel front? Moving a little bit? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you guys will know more in October when I come down to see you. Oh, wait, Alex, you're bailing ship when I come down in October. So I'll spend time with uh, Jay instead, and we'll go over the details, and I'll give you the the meeting cliff notes. Yes, sir. Well, that is quite all right. I spent enough time with Jay Kington. Take him off my hands for you. But (laughs) now now you've got to do your best job of somehow watching over me as I'm belligerently running through the city. I've been taking care of him for six years, Stan. It's about your time to take over this torch. Well, the last time I was asked to watch somebody who was in downtown New Orleans, he may or may not have juked me out of my shoes and spun into a bar where I lost him for a couple hours. So I may or may not be the best guy for this job. Yeah, that's all right. But to be fair, Jay's not that nimble. What you can't do and what Than can't, if if I get out of hand, Than can just grab me and throw me over your shoulder and just walk off with me. Okay. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I might, I might just have to do that. Just kind of. I'll tie up three over shoulder. Here we go. Let's go, Jay. Time to behave yourself. Let's go. Uh, yep, so. yep. Oh, man. But uh, listen, let's kick off this this show with a little bit of positive news. This is actually my only positive thing to review. Jay, we got to go to a home game just this last week where we took on, and you already know, we tied the Philadelphia Union. But it was great to be back at our home stadium. And, Jay, I think we sit in kind of the players' wives' family section, too, that we kind of uh, encompassed ourselves. We had a buddy named Doug, who actually is a friend of mine that kind of go back a little bit with. But uh, Kristen Marcoon gave him the ticket for the game where he took his girl. And sitting in front of them was actually Nico Fagal and his family. So seems like we're poised for some uh, pretty good conversations during this uh, next foreseeable future here. We all we, we, we are. And you know what? What I will say to the players is, Good job, guys. Bravo. Several of you just, just bravo. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're doing life right. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we do not have the soundboard or I don't have the soundboard. I've been stripped of those duties. We have fan on the microphone. So unfortunately, guys, I don't have the soundboard today. What you want? You want applause? Yeah. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> I knew I was like, oh, oh, I forgot which one it is. Oh, man. So catching everybody up with Every new bit of news since our last show, it has been a little bit of time. We have done nothing but rack up L's and tie. And one tie. I can't even say ties. Just a tie. So since our last match, we did lose to Montreal 1-2-0. We're going to cover them a little bit more towards the back end of this show just because our upcoming match this Saturday is against Montreal. This is our third installment versus them. And you guessed it. We are 0-2 against this club. This is, uh, this is a team that's been sharing our home stadium all year, not being able to go up to Canada due to travel restrictions and that has not stopped them. They are sitting currently at seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, doing pretty well. Well, they're, uh, they're also have, have gotten wins at our stadium this season. And, uh, hey, I'm just happy we, we've, we've had to experience a game where uh, we weren't losing. Yeah, that was nice. Um, one game that we weren't actually losing the entire time was actually a match I think, fan you had tickets to, but that was the game up against the New York Red Bulls uh, that was postponed due to weather. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to make my way out, and we got hit with those storms about three or four hours earlier. And I know I texted Jay, and I said, hey, this game's not going off. I'm not even going to make the trip. Um, Really glad we didn't make the trip with a six-year-old that would have been wondering why we drove three hours just to turn around and drive three hours back. Uh, You know, it it wasn't going to be our night when I saw those storms roll through. I knew it was going to be our night at the stadium. So I uh, stayed in and had a few drinks. 
There Atta boy, good on you. Well, well, fortunately for my uh, wallet, I was making some side bets with uh, Bob from IED Sports. I, d- I did a show with them about the Shark Week and players in the MLS a couple weeks back. Go ahead and check that out on I-80. But made a bet with him on the Red Bulls game. I thought that Inter-Miami was going to come up. And I just was like, you know, Vegas hasn't built these buildings off of losing. You know, we got to break this streak at one time. And as Jay says, buy the dip. We just don't know when the dip is going to stop. But the postponement (laughs) did stop the dip, at least tentatively. And we'll see if that game gets uh, rescheduled at a later date during the season. But right now, it is not on this calendar. Um, But yeah, hey, good news for us. We had a game after that. Bad news for us. We lost 5-0. to So that was an absolute obliteration by the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, not by the Philadelphia Union, by the New England Revolution, who is just kicking the shit out of teams left and right. (laughs) Carl's Gill is a man on an absolute mission. And, you know, I think when they saw Inter-Miami in their schedule, there's nothing that, (laughs) another thing that brought a bigger smile to their faces. Yeah, they were licking their chops. Like that's, uh, yeah, they're they're at the buffet about to get off. Everyone's getting their fill. Yeah, honestly, this is one of those games that you burn the tape to. You, you say, guys, we sucked. We fucked up. Let's not do that again. And our deal is that we're not going to watch this tape. I think that's just one of those games. I typically watch every single game twice, like at the game or the game live, but we're typically like, you know, drinking and having fun. So I always watch it, you know, the following weekday just to really sit down there and try to analyze and get ready for the podcast. And that was certainly that, that, that was, on, it's on my DVR, but that has not been watched again. I'm just, I'm putting that out of memory and uh, moving forward. Yeah. Absolute bloodbath. Uh, 4-0 at half and it did not get better in the second half. So that really brings us to our last match. That was just this last weekend on Sunday evening. And we inched out a tie, uh, a little bit unfortunate the way that the last, what was that? The last, I don't know, five, 10 minutes or so of that game went down with Casper Shabelko banging in. I can't really even say banging in, kind of like lightly dinking in a, in a shot to uh, tie the game. But we did see Robbie etch his second goal of the season, which was great to see him back on the pitch. And, you know, fortunately for us, this, this bloodbath of, you know, a course in the schedule is almost coming to a close. We do have Montreal this week. And then following that, we have Orlando, which is an away match, and then rolling into Nashville and NYCFC after that. So we're almost through this gauntlet. Uh, that's that's a that's a tough little finish to, to that gauntlet, though, for sure, for sure. But yeah, man, it, you know, overall, we'll, we'll take this result all day. It kind of stops the the bleeding, and I know that the team was very. Happy with the effort they gave. I know Phil Neville was very um, happy with with how the team was playing and their determination and persistence and everything. So we're finally playing together as a team. Dan, what do you think about this last match here? Yeah, I was excited to see the team starting to build their brand of football. It was very quick pass, quick pace, unless you're Gonzalo Higuain, it was quick pace anyways. Um, You know, it was... It was exciting to see the guys come together and gelling, even the newer guys, uh, you know, Gibbs, Marsman, uh, really syncing up with the team. Uh, you know, I was ecstatic for Robbie. He should have had to, and Kieran Gibbs probably should have opened his account this weekend too. So uh, if this is the new bottom for the team, I can only hope that we're going to start rebounding and, and start heading to some highs here soon. Listen, guys, it, it could be worse. We, we could be the U.S. men's national basketball team, 
I don't have the soundboard. That's brutal. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, that that's just embarrassing to 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 see, honestly. So it, it always could be worse. Just come on home, boys. Just like honestly, just just come on home. You're you're, you're not even really really wanting to win these games. It seems <laughs> they're really not. I mean, they're getting their ass kicked by Nigeria, which no disrespect to Nigeria, but you don't have any business being on the same court as the U.S. and I think we're one in four, including exhibition matches. So luckily for us, we have Iran coming up here. So hopefully we can capture a W. Not going to say it's a guaranteed, but, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and see how that rolls out. And, you know, to pivot back over to MLS world and specifically enter Miami, we current, current update on the table here. We have nine points. Ooh, we have nine points. Three behind Chicago, who is in the second place in the East. And we have two wins, eight losses, and three ties total in this year's campaign. There is a, a point that I would like to make with this, though. As far as games played due to the rescheduled Red Bulls game and just a janky schedule in general, we've only played 13 games, whereas most teams have played 15. Some have actually played 16, and then a couple have played, uh, or a few actually have played 14. So there is a, a, a chance, you know, that there's a there's an opening on the, uh, the outside. I'm not going to say the inside, but there's definitely an opening on the outside to maybe sneak in a couple of positive results and, uh, and get us up into this table. I think if, you know, everything stayed basically status quo as, as it is right now, if we could string together two wins, I mean, obviously not going to be easy against, uh, you know, Montreal who they beat us twice already and then Orlando. But if we do, hypothetically speaking, that would put us right outside the playoffs with a potential late season or mid season run, I guess, uh, to make a push into the playoffs. Well, we're 13 points behind Montreal right now, who's sitting in the seventh seed in the East. So that makes them the last team into the playoffs right now if the, if the, if the playoffs were to start today. Correct. But you gotta have faith, man. That's kind of what our team's motto is about, right? Like, we gotta have faith. Because uh, we don't really have much, much of anything else, you know? Um, but... Hey, there are there is some 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 good news to report here. Some some other positive news that we're really you know excited about and and I'm sure most people are aware of the not maybe the most recent signing but the the other recent signing which would be Indy uh, Vasilev who actually joins us uh, on loan from Austin Villa. He uh this kid he, he's he's kind of a, a young up and coming American. He's played on the national teams on U17, U18 and U20. Uh, obviously, you know, coming from Aston Villa, you would think that they would have to see something to bring over an American and we watched his highlights and again you know my thing with highlights is you know give me a year in a skateboard and I'll give you a five minute clip looking like I'm Tony Hawk probably so it's tough to judge the highlight reels they're not low light reels obviously but Indy does seem pretty decisive with his decisions and, and quick to make them in the midfield which I think could be a, a really integral uh you know, part of the glue, bringing the, the midfield together and moving from the back third until the final third. And then, of course, the uh, the newest one, which, again, I mean, even a better highlight tape, but 
cautiously optimistic. That would be Mr. Ventura Alvarado, who's joining us from Liga MX, coming over from most recently Atletico San Luis, but also played at uh, Nakaja Santos Laguna uh, and Club America. So this guy could be a potential bulldog. If he can develop a partnership with LGP, I could see a lot of potential. This guy is skilled. And I say that the defense is part of his defensive parts of his highlights reminded me of, of Gregory, like just being able to really be you know, make great plays, great saves. I'm sure there's probably some fouls that are going to come with that, but man, like the, the speed and precision he has on some of these slides to, to make contact with the ball first is very, very impressive. He's got a couple goals throughout his career, but my question and, and Than, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is going to be the man who is going to be starting over Shawcross? Is, it was Shawcross brought in here just for a handful of games with maybe more leadership and this is younger, um, you know, probably more talented since he is younger. He's only 28 and Shaw Cross is, you know, probably a few more years away from, from AARP and, uh, and discounts at restaurants for being a senior citizen. But what are your thoughts on that? I honestly see Shaw Cross starting over Ventura and Ventura coming on the pitch as his replacement, as he gels into the team. I mean, we're also talking about a guy, you know, as much as you, you know, piled on where he played. I mean, he hasn't played recently. And it's one of those unknown question marks. I know I threw my hands up and was asking why we were bringing him in. There's not much to see about him. I mean, I always check the transfer mark as soon as we get at least late to somebody. And it, nothing really impressed me to say that he's going to start over a Shawcross. Um, at this point, I would say at best he sniffs the field in the second half or if Shawcross needs to blow on one of our beautiful South Florida nights where the humidity is up 100%. Uh, but like I said, at this point, I don't see him starting over Shawcross. I don't think initially, but I think towards the end of the season, there's a very strong chance of that happening. I mean, Shawcross has had some some sketchy moments where his age has shown, but we will see. Or maybe he never plays, you know, but we, we have no idea. It, it seems to always be a, a rotating back line due to yellow card accumulations, trying to get experience or injuries. I, You know, I don't know if they showed this on the TV, but one thing that happened in the Mon or I'm sorry, in the Philadelphia Union game was that Shawcross got up in Iguain's grill and was mm. beaming at him. That was the first time I had ever seen a player on our team actually like yell and scream at Iguain and tell him that he's a bum to his face. So at least he's got the balls to do that. You have to respect that, you know, but I guess at the same time, his background coming from the EPL and playing in, in there in, in the championship. I mean, he has a lot of experience where I, I guess he would be more comfortable having that conversation versus, you know, someone who's primarily an MLS player or maybe from one of the, those, you know, coming from one of our maybe Argentinian players or something like that who aren't as prolific as Gonzalo. Maybe, maybe Shawcross is, was brought in to play that role. Maybe that was all always part of the strategy. Fair point, sir. Very fair point. I mean, it, it, it's certainly not going to be anybody else who can kind of deem that type of respect, especially on our back line, the way that we've been playing. But, you know, who knows? We'll see how this all unfolds. I know, uh, you know, everyone here at the podcast has been a big supporter of seeing some of these younger players. Dan, I even think that you tweeted out before the game. Are we going to see Sammy out there? We did. We did not, unfortunately. But this will kind of stall some of that younger growth as we do bring in these two players from over the pond, you know, or I guess more or less Indiana is, but Ventura coming over. Over the Rio. Over the Rio. So, you know, we'll see if our young players get a get a shot out there. It's uh, This isn't helping their case, though. 
no, and our, we have to understand that eventually we're going to have to give him a break. I mean, you know, Jay and I were talking. What was the point of signing Valencia and Ascona, which you know, we'll, we'll get into their game later with Fort Lauderdale? You know, what's the point of signing them to an MLS contract if we're just going to see them sporadically down to Fort Lauderdale at best? I mean, Valencia was MIA for the past two months with, you know, our great press over Inter Miami letting us know exactly where players are and what they're doing. You know, I, I, we had no clue where he was. You know, Mabika finally showed back up, but, you know, I'm concerned that with all the positive growth he's had so far this year and the limited amount of games, if we keep burying him, we're just going to be wasting draft picks and money on players that will never see the first team pitch. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it, I mean, we, we've already discussed this, so, you know, you know, we have very similar thoughts on this. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It, it is absolutely mind-blowing because I think that the academy and, and coming through the academy going into FTL is going to be so crucial, right? Because Inter Miami obviously hasn't been performing well. Fort Lauderdale has been performing, you know, middle of the pack, mediocre at best. But the academy is actually the best thing we have going for us. They won the academy championship, and I don't understand why. And I know you're very um, big on maybe just understanding that this season's a wash and then getting the getting the young guns in there to get them the game time experience, get them the MLS experience, get them the first team experience so we can start to actually integrate them in when we can be competitive, if we can be competitive next year. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to get these guys in sooner rather than later. I mean, Mitchell Curry is looking like a star right now, but as of right now, he's just buried on the – you know, on the bench sometimes, depending on if Benton Evans is, is performing well down at Fort Lauderdale. I mean, he's he's coming around, but we don't have uh, even a two-year plan set up for him. It's just, oh, hey, thanks for coming to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we'll see if we can get you up there when we can enter Miami, but no promises. Thanks for coming over from England. It's frustrating, um, you know, not to beat a dead horse. I know a lot of folks are tired of me saying it. Uh, I tend to be pretty vocal about it on Twitter, on our Discord channel, but you know, give, you got to give the youth a chance at some point. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more, but let's, uh, let's get back to this game. We want to bring it, bring it in with some classic Jay's game stats right here. And, and everyone just grab your, grab your seat. Probably if you're driving, just put one hand on the seat, keep one hand on the steering wheel. But uh, something happened that has not happened all season. And I'm struggling to recall if it ever happened one time last season and very first, very first stat here is just jumping at me, and, and that's the the possession. We actually controlled the possession of, of this game for the first time, and I literally can't even remember if this has ever happened. Fifty three and a half percent, so forty six and a half percent. Very, very uh, impressive. We already spoke. The team is actually starting to finally look like they're playing like a team, and if we can just somehow isolate this style of play and continue to perform like this, then we could actually maybe. Not going to jinx us, but maybe somehow save this season and sneak into the playoffs. As far as shots go, we had 15. Philadelphia had 11. We had six on goal. They had four on goal. We had one blocked shot. They had one blocked shot. Uh, total passes, we had 448. So actually moving it around, that's a, a big indication of our our focus on maintaining possession. They only had 387 uh, shot or uh total passes rather as far as passing accuracy goes they barely barely beat us we were 86.2 percent they were 87.1 uh six corners to two uh what really really is also notable here that i want to speak about is yellow cards this was 
the first time this season and I'm probably the first time in inner Miami history where we, we had zero yellow cards. It's crazy. We only had five fouls a whole game compared to their, their 13, but they actually had a yellow card. So we somehow, I mean, that's unfortunate because it's really the stat that we were gunning for this whole season. But I was going to say, are we happy about this? I mean, it's, it's definitely mixed emotion because it's like, you know, change is always scary, right? You get so used to something and so comfortable with it that when it starts to change, even if it's for the better, it just feels a little feels a little off, but uh, I'm sure we can get used to it. Well, don't get used to it too fast. With Orlando City right around the uh, corner here, I'm sure we're gonna jump. Hey, right they just back got bombed five oh two. So you know, I'm just saying there's a shot. But uh, you know, NYCFC's been playing some pretty serious ball lately too. Yeah, guess who we get to play in a few weeks too? NYCFC. You got it. Man. After the defensive stronghold of Nashville. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, well, you know, like that, like Jay says, that is Jay's stats for you there. That is Jay's stats of the game. We did tie this match against the Philadelphia Union. Philly's no joke. We know this. Uh, but we've kind of had Philly's number this year. You know, we did put a pull hole in that W in the beginning parts of the 2021 season. And, you know, even last year, we felt we felt we played Philadelphia pretty mm -hmm. well consistently during our course of being inter Miami. And obviously, this time we did play a Philadelphia team without Corey Burke, he was out in the Gold Cup playing against us. Uh, actually on Jamaica, so they did not have him at the disposal, but their attack is very potent. And Do you think, and I don't mean to, to interrupt, but before you, you, you go on, because this is relevant, do you think that there was a significant mental effect having beat Philadelphia earlier in the season, coming trying to come out of a losing streak and being like, we've done it before, we can do it again, versus, say, playing a, a team that's just murdered us over and over this season, like a Montreal, maybe? Not really. Not really. I, I think that we were. I think that we were in a good position, and that's really why I was putting money with Bob on that uh, Red Bulls match. Was is that I think that with that time and break, we had about a two and a half week absence of play. It really gave our team not just time to focus on the tactical side of the uh, of the strategy, but also get healthy. You know, we were going to have Robbie in that match, and we saw what Robbie can do on a healthy hamstring. And I just kind of felt that it was time that our team kind of pulled our asses out of, you know, our backside and kind of our heads out of our backside. I think that's better. But uh, the visual I just got on that. Yeah, you know, that's a little messed up. Yeah. Uh, that's why we go yeah. explicit on this podcast every single time. But I don't think that it has something to do with that we have Philadelphia's number. I think right now off the top of my head, Philly's eighth or seventh in the supporters shield race. So they are a very talented team. Now, I'm not going to say that we haven't figured something out with them. I think one of the glaring uh, kind of contrast between both clubs, and I think I had mentioned to you it at the game, Jay, was that, you know, this is not an explosive Philadelphia team. They're not super fast on the ball. And I think that that's really where we struggle with, especially in our back line, because, you know, our midfield, uh, you know, when we had Pizarro out there. I mean, he wasn't even playing half the game, but our back line is very, very, uh, slow, if I can say it like that. And they're also reckless and slow and reckless are not a good combination, especially on the back line. So I think it's a little bit more of the, the, the similarity and styles of play that led to that. But Dan, what do you think? I mean, as I was there for the first game, obviously, and I can tell you it was a night and day difference between the teams, at least from what I saw. Uh, you know, if I recall correctly, we were trying to jam it down the wings quite a bit against the Union. There was not a lot of play through the middle uh, when we were in Philly. 
And this game, it was a lot of, yeah, we're going to fake it like we're going out to the wing, and then we're going to uh, put you to death by a thousand cuts through the middle. Um, I, I feel like we said, okay, we know what we did to eat by last time. Let's throw something at them that they're not going to expect. And I think that was really prevalent in the first half where Philly was almost shell-shocked. I do believe statistically we dominated them throughout the first half, especially with possession, and they kind of turned on the Jets in the second half, especially as we went more defensive mindset. Uh, I would have to say, though, that that first win, even though we did get lucky getting it, did have some sort of effect on them uh, going against the Union last time out. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's talk about, we'll break this game down as we usually do. But as far as the attack goes, I mean, you know, 15 shots, we're starting to create chances. And I mean, Robbie, 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 what's up, buddy? Good to have you back playing with the squad. When he touches the ball, there's there's that energy, there's excitement, there's pace. That The more we can go through him, the faster we look. He's really quick with his feet. I, I, I like it. Uh, I, I feel like I've said decisive too many times on this episode, but he knows what he wants to do. And I think he's only getting more and more confidence in, I mean, Phil had such high praise that, you know, they're really going to be continue to be tough on Robbie because they think he can be a really, really special player, not only for this team, but in this league. And I see that there is potential there. It's interesting because you see Daryl DK struggling in the gold cup now. And if Robbie can continue to grow, maybe next year we're saying, Hey, we made the right decision. Uh, but really, really just impressed with the you know the the poise he showed showed with his goal. He snapped a streak of 611 minutes with uh, with the one goal that he had against um, LA Galaxy. No, that was the actual team. Oh, sorry, snapped. the team, the team. Okay, yes. So that's that was embarrassing because prior to that it was like 540 minutes without a goal and six games played in one goal. So yes, good, good, good catch right there. Now, question, gentlemen. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really big on puns and I'm really big on nicknames here, but what are our thoughts on Robbie Robin Hood Robinson? Looks like Ray just kind of pulled that one out of thin air like his magisterial magician self does all the time. But are we going to stick with this? I love it. I dig everything about it. Okay. Dan? Yeah, I mean, Ray Hudson could serve up a piece of shit on a platter and I would think it was amazing. Like, I absolutely love Ray. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, right, Robin Hood. I can tell you, Riley bought into it. And he called him Robin Hood the rest of the match. So uh, it's a win in the Harrington household. All right. Well, then we will accept that as uh, as our current nickname moving forward. Um, do you think that he, he, he forgot he was a foot away from gaining his first brace as an MLS player with a shot that went uh, wide right? I don't think he... Forgot anything, dude. I think that that just uh, was a little bit of a bummer because he could have put the game away. I mean, if you watch that match within about 60 to 70 seconds, he had another shot on goal that was literally a foot to the left. And, you know, that's unfortunate that we weren't able to take home those points. But I think, Jay, to your point, Robbie was quite an exciting boost to this club. And I mean, we were rocking a six game losing streak up until this. And, you know, you'd like to end the streak with a W, but a tie, especially in inner Miami world, <laughs> will take it. So it was nice to see Robbie. I don't know if we'll ever see Robbie catch Daryl DK on the U.S. men's national team, but I can only hope. I'm just, guys. it made me laugh that you threw wide right in there. 
You like Real that? quick, yeah. though, he almost he as an inner Miami. I mean, as an FSU and Miami rivalry, you just had to, you just have to rub it in. I love it. Uh, I was like, wide go, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Than. I'm just, I'm trying to compose myself. Go Canes. No, Shut it's out. okay. I mean, I know you guys have to talk about your poor college football team down there, so I kind of let you go. But uh, what I was going to say is, Robbie actually had a hat trick, or almost had his hat trick, because he also almost tapped in that one that was meant for Kieran Gibbs who was screaming down the left side. So Robbie could have just put the game away and put us all into euphoria. But, you know, I just hoping that this is a sign of good things to come for Robbie, as you guys have already touched on. He also did get the man of the match. Um, I don't know why the man of the match award is so hideous in the MLS, but um, congrats, buddy. That was uh, well-deserved. And again, very, very excited to see him continue to progress and continue to grow. Now, you know, this has been a tough thing. I mean, as our absolute fan favorite of this of this team, without a doubt, anyone you ask, uh, another tough game for Lewis. A couple fouls didn't get called. Um, you know, he, he seems to be in a slump. I don't know if that's completely fair. The team's been in a slump. Uh, he has had, you know, better games, but just another one where it seems he was he was struggling a bit and and what do we what do we think he needs to do to really get back on track and and have the impact that he had last season uh it's hard to say i mean i guess i'll put my foot out there and and wait to get yelled at by somebody on social media here but i i don't know i would like to see lewis play i know he loves being on the outside and having a dual foot threat you know i would like to see him almost cut inside more it's, it's almost to the point now where if you were to watch it from the angle the TV was shooting at, especially when they were going uh, to the right on the TV, the defenders were not buying the fact that he was trying to fake inside. They all knew he was going outside. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was not one defender who lined up on him saying, okay, oh no, he's going inside. I have to protect that. They almost were willing to give it to him if they beat him once. So I, I think Lewis needs to come in more centrally um, do I think he's a like a bizarre field? No, but at this point, you know, the season may or may not be lost. I mean, I know I'm always pessimistic, but you might as well try anything at this point to get him who could be our star player out of a slump that he's in. I agree. And, and that's a very good point you, you make there. It seems like so many games this season, we've just been content with just kicking it to the outside and, and crossing in with, with very minimal accuracy. Honestly, we are, are, are definitely much more effective, you know, attacking from the middle and through the middle. So I would like to see that continually grow throughout the season as well. What, what do you think, Alex? I, without a doubt, we're more effective attacking through the middle. It's just unfortunate that Pizarro isn't who we thought he was because he's exactly what we need on this team. And I think when we want to kind of jump back to Lewis Morgan, I I think that this is really kind of studying by these teams that we're playing against. They know that he's going to stay wide. That's what he's done for the last year and a half is stay wide. He doesn't really cut it in. He's much more of a crosser and a set piece player for us. So I think that that's just more studying and the more film that you get on certain players, the more you're able to pick them apart. Well, the good news you know, for for Lewis is that none of the fans have ever really said anything bad about him. The, the the love and the support is is nonstop and continual for that brilliant young man. And uh, I just hope that we can get this turned around so he wants to stay and doesn't want to want to leave. And you know, there are people that talk about he could be potentially ruining you know the prime of his career by staying with Inter Miami too long. So we really, I think we owe it to him more than just bumping up his salary like they did. I think we we really owe it to him to come together and, and fight because he is 
you know, even though we, we say, you know, he, he maybe had a, a bad game or he might be in a slump, like his effort is still there. He is, he, he goes, goes, goes for the team and gives it his all. So nothing but mad respect. I'm sure we'll get it turned around. He will get it turned around. Same thing as last season. Probably once he just pops that cherry, gets that first one in there, he'll start dropping some, uh, some beautiful balls. And, you know, you're probably right, dude. He's just kind of one of those dudes that, like, once he gets one ball behind the goalie and puts it in the back of the net, you know, we might just see the confidence flowing out of Lewis again like we did all of last year. And, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, it just hasn't kind of panned out that way, especially in the attacking third. You know, we're dead last in goals scored uh, throughout the MLS. So it's not just Lewis Morgan. It's an entire team effort. And the more effort we show on the pitch, the higher the results. But, guys, we did have a injection of energy and that was by Gregory in the midfield playing absolutely outstanding wearing the captain's badge how how did you guys how did you guys feel having Gregory back on the pitch uh we missed him he's an amazing player he really is and I think this was was one of the best performances he's had if not his best performance the fact that Phil gave him the the captain's armband uh this game and for the rest of the season is is I think that's a, a massive point many people kind of overlook. I mean, we have our four captains that are now no longer the captain. Phil Neville admitted like, you know, hey, it, it, it was a mistake. Uh, you know, the 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 he was a captain at but he uh, he, he has that experience. He I think was it was it either you or or Than was talking about that he he's like the only player on the team that doesn't have any ties to the tumultuous first season. You know, he's kind of brand new. He doesn't have, have anything like like that going on. He's just here to make the team better. I, I absolutely love this move. I think it's crucial. Phil is so, so high on, on, on Gregory. He calls him an extension of himself. I mean, the praise from Phil for Gregory and, and Robbie is just stellar. And uh, I think that we we missed him. I mean, he was not there for the, for the 5-0 beatdown. Thank God. You know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> thank God because – I wouldn't want to live through that if I was him either, but he comes back and, and hopefully his impact can be just really substantial to keep this team pushing and fighting and continuing to get better. Dan. Uh, you know, it was like watching a pit bull let off the leash after conning him with a stake for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was, he kind of reminds me of Russell Westbrook when he gets in, into it with the players. He just kind of stands over a mean mugs them and then goes about his business. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, it's something we've needed, like especially last season. I, I'm sure we were all sitting around the table at one point last season saying, you know, we got to have somebody with some heart. Whenever you need that bone crunching tackle or that midfield play, Gregory always seems to have a foot involved with it. Um, I honestly think it's the best move Phil could have made by giving him the captain's armband because Gregory's going to set the precedence that the rest of the team needs to follow in order to be successful. Uh, you know, he has my 100% support. I know he has, for the most part, you guys' support. And it's uh, exciting to see what he's going to do coming up this year with the tough schedule we have uh, next couple matches. So we'll see if he keeps his run of play. Yeah, I think the word that we're all looking for is that that term that the University of Miami deemed, and that's swagger, baby. That's the swagger he brings to our team. I and, swear, to uh, I had a month to upload the FSU war chant to the soundboard, <laughs> and I really just am, am regretting that decision to, to your not mistake, do it. your mistake, sir. But uh, outside of Gregory, you know, we know what type of injection of positivity he gave to us, and. 
you know, it just kind of shows you, you know, don't accumulate those yellow cards and you will help this team win. That is a terrible habit that we have. And, you know, fortunately or not fortunately, you know, depending on how you look at it, we're not leading the league in yellow cards anymore. And it needs to stay that way. We really got to cut, start cutting down on those because we can't lose people like LGP and Gregory because those are going to result in losses or ties when they should be wins. So outside of Gregory, we were happily greeted by Federico Iguain. And guys, why does it seem like just haven't seen as much of him out on the pitch that we did in the early parts of the season. I mean, he made a big difference. He does. It's, it's interesting. It's uh father time has not gotten this one yet. Uh, he, he still, you know, comes in, gives energy, gives just experience and, and makes the right decisions. Uh, big, big, you know, I mean, I, I don't, know what else to say and the fact we use him kind of as a as a super sub to inject energy in most our games uh, he's he's really a, a nice little toy to have on the team and and can be used in the right situations to really elevate the team and i think that's what we, we saw out here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was nice to have that yeah player. i would have go for it man. i was gonna say i would have to agree with that real quick uh you know federico has been great to have on the field especially if you've watched he's been coaching up as kona he's been you know telling lewis keep his head up in tough situations and honestly, without Federico coming on the bench, I think we would be staring at, uh, you know, I hate to say it, a few more losses rather than the three ties or the two wins we have, especially in that Philly match where he came on and he just, he, he, he blew up like a firework and he led to the win against the Union in Philly. So mm -hmm. I think I it's know, important it, 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 that we play both of them together. I think he holds Gonzalo a little bit more accountable. Great word. I would, uh, I would have to agree with you. Yep. I think that that brother-brother combination, especially knowing what they went through earlier in this season too, right, mm -hmm. together and, you know, obviously being over here in the United States and, and kind of a new world for both of these players, um, I, I think that you're absolutely right. I think the word accountability is really important, and I think that's what Shawcross showed, and I think that Federico does that even more on a less visible standpoint because, listen, you know, there's a couple of clips floating around, you know, the social media world out there, and we know that social media is going to focus on the negative. And, you know, there's a couple of plays at Iguayan, you know, that's being Gonzalo did not show the effort that he needs to show out there to be the second, I think is the second or third highest paid player in the MLS, but there was some positivity coming out of him. And it was actually like he gave a damn during the closing minutes of the game. You could see him running up to players uh, when the ball was kicked out of bounds and coaching them up and giving them high fives versus you know, kind of putting his head down, showing his body language a little bit more negatively. And, and then that was a little bit more positive on the front. He was a part of the Robbie assist, uh, goal. He did assist that. That was beautiful. Robbie shows the poise to put that in the back of the net. But I think that that's important that we keep playing off of that uh, brother to brother relationship. And I mean, outside of the, the two kind of positive notes, there were a couple, eh, I'm not going to say negative, but they were negative notes. And that is Pizarro, boys, have we seen his last match as an Inter Miami Heron? I don't yep. think so. Yeah, he, uh, all right, Ag agree to disagree. Wow. I mean, all right. I mean, I'm I'm going to come in there and say I'm going to swing in here like a wrecking ball. I'm going to cut you off. Yes, he's done. He's gone. He's had his chance. We've we have been more than accommodating to our scorned ex girlfriend and and, and what he needs and. You know, as much as he will forever be an inner Miami player with, you know, scoring the first goal in team history, he was not what lived up to the billing that we all expected him to be. 
And, you know, I've, I have a few more players who are like this. I would say adios. It's been good having you. We appreciate your efforts. Good luck on your next venture. Uh, that, that's just what I feel. Fair enough. And we respect that, uh, that, that, that honesty. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. It will be pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, be tough to trade them, I think, unless it's a, you know, a team back in Liga Mekis. We're probably going to get less money than what we actually initially paid for them. Uh, you know, while we're going to do some quick negatives real quick, I, there's a video going around of Gonzalo walking with his head down in like the 35th minute that everyone seems to be upset about. But that I'm not really even too concerned with that. What, what really did piss me off uh, in that 5-0 loss, I actually brought two friends to the game for their first ever Inter-Miami experience, and they just get to see a 5-0 beatdown. And Pogba was there. Paul Pogba was there. Everyone was expecting Lionel Messi, but Leah left the country. Pogba comes in, and I'm like, oh, you know, that, that that's cool. We, all, we do attract these big names. But, man, you know what happened? We are down 4-0 at half, and Matuidi, now this is, is allegedly, but this is, is what has been reported as well, is that Matuidi went in, showered, and then watched the second half with Pogba, hanging out with Pogba, not even with the rest of the team, but with, with Pogba. And I, I, do you think that played a direct role in uh, you know him not getting the start then? Oh, absolutely. Hey, if I were Phil Neville, I would say, okay, I see where your intentions lie. Uh, thank you again for your service. You know, and I know I, I'm, I'm really sounding cutthroat right now, but it's gotten to the point where the fans need to see the same energy being put in or that they're putting into the team being put out on the pitch. And, you know, if that was in any other league, Matuidi would have his Arsenal line suspended, missed pay. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, um, I truly believe that that was him saying, well, nothing I can do about it. I'm going to just go ahead and hang out with Paul and we can go talk about how I'm not with France this year. And he just didn't give a damn about what was going on out there. So Phil said, cool, works for me. I won't have you play at all this next upcoming game, whether we need you or not. Yeah, I mean, it was brutal. We we honestly hate to see that. We're just going to just run through overall defense, all vast improvements, really like Kieran Gibbs coming on. I, we really... I want these guys to continue to grow. We'll see how the new additions work out as well. Goalkeeper, obviously very happy with Marsman's uh, play and ability and, and and seems to be better with his feet than uh, than a McCarthy was, which is really good. I, I can't blame him for that, that 5-0 beat down the, the defense in the back line, which is absolutely atrocious. We're going to go ahead and not look too much into that. I know Than's got to get out of here. He's going to soccer camp to watch his little boy play. He texted me this morning and said he flicked it over two defenders after he split them. He drilled a goal. So uh, real quick before you get out of here, give us a quick, you know, 60-second rundown of a Fort Lauderdale CF update for all the listeners. All right, so Fort Lauderdale was just up, taking on Lionel Bessie. Yes, it's a real mascot. Up at Forward Madison. Uh, they are the Flamingos, but they are also the Dairy Cows. So, hey, it is what it is. Um, I have to say the match was overall positive. Uh, they forward Madison scored on an absolute beauty of a goal. I mean, even on our official Inter-Miami Twitter account, I said, man, that was a rocket. If you didn't get a chance, go over to the USL website, check it out. Beautiful goal. Um, I actually turned the TV off and got notifications that Mitchell's, Mitchell Curry had scored a beautiful goal to drag back some points. Uh, so right now, that put us uh, just above forward Madison, actually, in the table. 
the problem is we have the opposite issue that Inter-Miami has. We have played the most games in the league just behind South Georgia Tormenta. We're at 16 games while everybody else is at 13. Uh, we currently have 18 points with four wins, six draws, and three losses. Oh, I'm sorry. That's forward Madison. My bad. We have 19 points with five wins, four draws, and seven losses. Uh, big takeaways from that game. Felipe Valencia, congratulations. We're not playing Where's Waldo with you anymore. Uh, he returned. Addison Azcona looked beautiful out there. He he was making defenders miss. He was uh, actually at one point got shoved down by a defender because the defender was pissed off. Uh, Mabika looked great out there. He is an absolute man among boys in the USL. Uh, my key concern right now is Ethan Harden, our captain fantastic, as I deemed him, has disappeared. Uh, no news as to where he is. Uh, the back line really missed him. Uh, usually he links up with Noah Allen and shuts down the left side of the pitch. But, yeah, we don't know where he is. So uh, I know we usually put out some sort of monetary value, but if anybody knows where he is, I will put up two Dogecoin and two sticks of Big Red Gum if you guys can find him. Uh, other than that, you know, looking forward to the next match we play against North Carolina FC this coming weekend. I personally believe we don't have anything to worry about. I didn't even write up a recap for this. They are in last place, 12 games played, two wins, three losses, seven, I'm sorry, three draws and seven losses. They are the Inter-Miami of the USL right now. Uh, fellas, what do you got? Any questions regarding that? No, but apparently we can look forward to a win here. So uh, very, very nice. I don't want to keep you, buddy. I, I know how important that uh, that father-son time is. So, my man, we appreciate you as always. We will be talking, I'm sure, later today, tonight, tomorrow, as we do always. Gracias, mi amigo, and uh, have a good time out there on the pitch. Hopefully, it's drier than it is right now in South Florida. All right, boys, I appreciate it as always. And all your listeners, thank you. And uh, we'll be talking real soon. Thanks, Dan. All right, later. Well, there is some good news, and that's the fact that Inter-Miami is going to play again. We got a game this Saturday against Montreal, which has had our number. If we've had Philadelphia's number, they've had our number. And this match is on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a home game, although both teams play here as their quote-unquote home stadium. So if you are a season ticket holder, you don't have to buy extra tickets. You can go ahead and parlay those onto the match. Jay, you're going to be in Mexico, though, right? Celebrating a little bit of a bat trip party? Yeah, I'm staying sober until at least Thursday. Actually, definitely, it's going to end on Thursday because that's going to be the start of the bat trip party. But um won't be able to watch that game. I'll probably just have to watch it on my phone. I doubt they have any. Uh, you know, I don't think Mexico prioritizes MLS games as much as, as America does. But I am going to be bringing my Pizarro jersey. I know you guys aren't too happy. But I'm going to bring the Pizarro jersey with the hopes the locals accept me as one of their own. There's no doubt they'll accept you for, for many reasons beyond the Pizarro jersey there. You're going to have a blast over there. Just mm -hmm. like I tell you every time you leave my site, just just come back in one piece, man. I, I, can't, I can't just keep my eyes on you for all these years. And, you know, you're sending over to Mexico. It's just, it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. And I'm not talking about for you. I'm talking about for the Mexicans over there. It's a... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be rowdy. But, Tulum uh, is finna be litty. It is, sir. And to bring this on back to Inter-Miami, we are playing 
Club de Foot Montreal, as people call them. We do have two losses on the year. We lost 2-0 and 1-0. That is a total of 3-2-0 as a cumulative score. Let's go ahead and change that. This week, it's not going to be easy. Montreal sits in the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference with 22 points. That is four points outside of second place, actually. So think about it. They're on seventh place in the East, but only four points out of being second place in the East. So they're having a pretty bang-up season, six wins, five losses, four ties to their name. And actually, Wilfred Nancy took over the reins coaching this club actually in March due to a difficult situation with Therion Henry. He left the team, so Nancy has taken over. He was known for the development uh, program at Montreal and was given a shot to shine, and he is shining himself. So uh, a little bit of statistics about Montreal if you are interested. They are the sixth best team in the MLS with passing completion percentage sitting at 84.1, they are 7th in the MLS in team assists with 22, and they are 8th in the MLS with interceptions with 185. This team does play hard, they are big, they are good, and they are smart, all of which that we are not, so make sure to buckle up for this one. It's going to be a good game. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season, and hopefully... That feeling of consistent new rock bottoms for for six weeks. I, I really hope that the team is is taking that well. So I think we got to stay positive on this one, and I think we can go out and sneak a win. It, is this the start of the bull market? Are we are we past the dip, or where are we at, Jay? Is this the start of the seven game win streak? <laughs> is, is this it? Is this about to happen? I'll tell you what. I'll take a I'll take a a, a three game unbeaten streak in honestly any fashion. Well, the big one's next. Listen, we talk about this all the time when we play Orlando City. It doesn't matter what type of season you are having. If you go in and kick the shit out of your rival, that's a good damn year. And the fans are just happy about it, right? And this isn't a way match. You know we're going to travel up to that that. What did, what did the hell do they even call Orlando Stadium? Exploria. Yeah, well, we're going to explore this freaking dub in this face. So, <laughs> you know, we've been up there. We uh, with their a, two flags and their supporters groups. Yeah, you know, not exactly your La Familia family fan base. And Jay and myself took a little bit of a road trip up there last year. We got to see the stadium. It ain't nothing to look at. It ain't nothing to look at. And neither is the team. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and give it our best shot. Daryl DK. It's honestly a, a decent stadium. We, I, which is the hatred that fuels fuels us. You got to have fun with it, man. I just want the Brightline station to be built up in Orlando so we can get all of, of La Familia onto that Brightline for two and a half hours where they do serve alcohol. And man, that would be an exciting train ride up. Jesus, that is dangerous. Bro. We'd get off and we'd be, we'd, yeah, we'd get off and stumble around. A little <laughs> we'd bit, get off know? and fall off. I, I don't know if getting off is going to be by choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that will be rowdy when we do put that in a place. And that is next week. So that is not this week. We have Montreal, Orlando next week. After that, we have Nashville. And then following Nashville, NYCFC, who Jay mentioned earlier, did just smack up Orlando 5-0. to zero. We know how that feels. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, stay tuned to that. Um, and I think that's the show. Jay, you got anything else to say? I think that is the show. Uh, again, I apologize for the, for the slight delay where we will probably most likely have another um, kind of midweek release episode, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on how I feel when I get back from Mexico in a 
four-day bachelor party. Uh, but after that, we do promise we will get back on track with uh, with episodes dropping every single Monday or maybe some more just because we love everyone. But as always, thank you so much for listening to the Inner Miami podcast. I am Jake Kington. That's my compadre. Uh, Mr. Alex Papa George, we also want to thank Than Harrington for swinging by. If you don't follow us on our socials, Facebook and Instagram at Intermind Me Podcast, Twitter at MIA Podcast. If you feel so inclined and you have some love in your heart, go ahead and send us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us elsewhere, don't worry, you can't review it. As always, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. <laughs>